Welcome to the author commentary for From a Certain Point of View, The Empire Strikes Back. Here we go behind the scenes with contributors to discuss the creative process behind their stories. A word of caution, these conversations may contain story spoilers. I'm Tom Holler, a member of the Delray Star Wars editorial team, and right now we're talking to John Jackson Miller, author of a story called Darth Vader Will See You Now. Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, glad to be here. Uh, it is is great to talk to you because we get to talk um, about a character that is near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, and I have to say, it was an immensely quick conversation that we had when talking about you coming to write um, for the second volume. Obviously, you wrote for the first volume of a certain point of view. And you immediately like, I want to write about Ray Sloan. And so before we get into the details of this specific Sloan adventure, what yeah. is it about Ray Sloan? all caps, that keeps you wanting to explore that character, uh, no matter the setting, no matter the time? Well, she's still alive. Uh, that uh, does not hurt. Uh, you know, when I was writing the New Dawn novel, uh, you know, I had created this character that was you know, supposed to typify, uh, you know, the sort of uh, up-and-coming officer that was going to be part of the, uh, the Republic Navy if nothing had changed. Uh, and that would have you know, adapted to try to survive in uh, the Imperial Navy as it becomes. Uh, and, and when I was writing that book, um, you know, I said to my editor and, uh, and then to the folks at Lucasfilm, um, this is probably the best possible character out of this book that could go on, uh, that could recur in other stories. Uh, because we had just started the whole Lucasfilm story group uh, sort of era of storytelling. And... You know, the, the idea would be that we would have a character that would be fully born in this era uh, of storytelling that could recur in, in other stories. And, uh, you know, I, I realized one of the one of the problems with A New Dawn is I had just about killed everybody. So uh, there was there was, uh, you know, the only choice was to go back in time or um, or not. Uh, but also, again, uh, you know, I had always I'd already known that she was going to survive because she's smart enough to survive. Uh, that's her whole arc uh, in that book, and it sort of carries forward before and after uh, in the other stories I've done for her because I, I've done uh, uh, you know short stories uh, that appeared in Rise of the uh, Empire, which was the bind up for the New, New Dawn book. Uh, did another story for Star Wars, um, uh, uh, Star Wars Insider Magazine, uh, and that was actually her first meeting with Darth Vader. Uh, and uh, and you know since then she's appeared in Aftermath uh, from Del Rey and uh, also uh, the Marvel comics and now a video game. So uh, you know I, I I think it's really uh, cool that she's developed this life of her own and it helps that she survived to live it. Well, you talk about survival and you talk about Vader and. Uh... I think we know um, from both the history of Star Wars and just, I mean, The Empire Strikes Back as its own little uh, piece of it, that Imperial officers, particularly ones who come in close contact with Darth Vader, basically don't survive. That's like more or less a hallmark of being an Imperial officer. And yet, as you've noted, Sloan has not only survived, she's actually survived enough to be both promoted and demoted and promoted again through the Imperial ranks over her career. So what is it about Sloan that makes her not just succeed but survive where others fail? And related to that, what do you think Vader sees in Sloan that keeps him from, you know, just quite literally snapping his fingers like he seems to do with abandon, you know, without abandon to, to everybody else? Um, 
Darth Vader is smart, uh, and he likes smart people. The uh, the very first Star Wars story that uh, I did officially uh, was in a, a comic book uh, that came out uh, almost exactly 15 years ago called Model Officer was the short story. And it was somebody in a similar situation to Ray, where uh, you know she's called upon to defend herself. Uh, and uh, that character also walks out of that situation uh, because that character is, uh, you know, is not at any point trying to lie to him. Uh, you know, he's a Sith. He can tell if she's lying. He's his, his own walking uh, uh, you know, lie detector. Uh, and, and, you know, it, there's a line in this story uh, you know, where she says, I, I do not make, I don't make excuses and I never apologize. Uh, she stands behind what she does, uh, and if the results of what she did were, uh, you know, were, you were uh, less than satisfactory to Darth Vader, he wouldn't let her live either. Uh, but you know, she's clearly able to uh, play both the political political game with the Emperor well enough uh, to survive, uh, and also she's able to, uh, you know, deliver on what she needs to do for the uh, Imperial Navy. Uh, to uh, to stay around, and of course she she not only stays around, but she stays around past the end of the Imperial Navy. Yes, she she outlives it. But as the, as this story kind of puts us in context, she arrives in this story desperate to get back to her Star Destroyer. We find out as Ultimatum, which is um, uh, uh, a Star Destroyer from A New Dawn, um, and is the Star Destroyer that we see earlier in the film uh, from when this story would take place um, is taken out by the asteroids and its its commander gets destroyed via hologram. You know, we see him die uh, as a hologram. Um, and we, throughout the story, she seems so fearful of the idea of losing command. We find that she's not been on ultimatum because she's been on other assignment, but she's so fearful of losing command of that ship on a permanent basis. Um, and to borrow from another space franchise that I know you're familiar with, it's a little bit of like a don't let them promote you off that bridge sort of story. And so I want to know about why, why does, even though she's getting promoted, even though it seems like she's, she's surviving and making advancements, what does the fear of losing command mean to Sloan? Why does she value command of Ultimatum and of this ship so much? Um, you know, there are a declining number of ships every time the Republic gets into a fight with the, uh, or not the Republic, but the Rebellion gets into a fight with the uh, uh, the Empire. So, so obviously there's a bit of musical chairs going on, and she's got a lot of people coming uh, up through the ranks at the same time. The Emperor is encouraging this sort of dog-eat-dog -dog thing going on, which uh, is really a part of uh, another book I did for Del Rey, uh, Lost Tribe of the Sith, uh, which was about channeling the ambitions of everybody uh, in a Sith society going upward. And so she hates to be, you know, off of uh, home plate. I mean, she hates to be, she hates to be uh, anywhere else. Uh, but, you know, where I brought her into the story, and, and this was what I wanted to do from the beginning, uh, when I wrote my story for uh, the Star Wars version of From a Certain Point of View, you know, I, I wanted to tie into uh, the a Star Wars Kenobi novel I did, using a character from that. Uh, my problem with uh, with Empire Strikes Back is the only characters I had in in, uh, in Empire Strikes Back were the space slugs. Uh, when I was writing Knights of the Old Republic, uh, I, I have the I have the odd uh, uh, the odd distinction of having named the space slugs the ex uh, exagorths I believe they are uh, and uh, and you know I, I wanted to do something where you know she 
by virtue of her experiences with Count Vidian in A New Dawn and her other experiences, basically running around doing odd jobs for uh, for the uh, for the emperor, uh, yeah, she just sort of is a polymath. She knows a lot about a lot, and one of the things that she knows a lot about is asteroid belts and space slugs and various other things. Uh, and again, that's all part of uh, you know her intellect keeping her alive. Well, one and one of the things that um, she laments. At- in this story, even as she's picking up all these other clues about what's happening and she's bringing herself up to speed is she laments missing out on the battle of Hoth. She's, she's, she seems anguished about this idea of missing out on what I believe she basically says is like the most important ground battle of her lifetime. Um, What sort of difference do you think if any Sloan actually would have made at Hoth had she been on the bridge of ultimatum or at least been in, in some other actual forward position during the battle? The the only ground combats that I've written for her uh, all took place uh, on on the Gorse planet in a new dawn, and they went really really badly for her. So I don't know what exactly she thought she was going to do. Uh, but there is no Kanan Jarrus there. There uh, no. It's uh, yeah, look. I think it's just like anybody in uh, in the military when there's a big event going on. Uh, you know, you, there's you know, the whole movie. Uh, you know, Mr. Roberts uh, is a about Henry Fonda's character being afraid he's going to miss the big show, being afraid he's going to miss the uh, uh, you know the big battle, uh, even though of course it's uh, it's not really healthy to be there. I, I imagine she probably would have stayed in space. Uh, she probably would have uh, been up there in the blockade, uh, and maybe she should have, uh, or maybe she would have been able to uh, you know outthink them in a couple of places. Uh, you know, maybe she stops John Ratzenberger from getting away or something like that. I don't know. Uh, what, what are the other characters? Um, it, it's nice to know, though, that nothing else, even someone as competent um, as Sloane is, much like every other Star Wars character, is is um, not immune to delusions of grandeur uh, when she hears that, you know, this, yeah. this seminal ground battle that she missed out on. Um, uh, one of the things I love in the story, one of my favorite lines, the whole thing is... Um, the way that Sloane describes um, her her kind of compatriot during the early parts of the story when she's making her way back to um, ultimately when she will talk to Vader and Piet, um, and it's Canna Deltic, who she describes as her least favorite person in the galaxy, but is also her kind of like right-hand person and certainly the person who's traveling about her. So tell me more about the relationship between Kana and Sloane. Why does she describe her like that? Um, uh, Lieutenant Deltic, which was her rank back in, in New Dawn, she's the science officer uh, on uh, on uh, Ultimatum. And actually, we got into a debate years ago whether they actually had a science officer, uh, because, again, that's, that sounds like a Star Trek formulation. But she's she's sort of their expert on, uh, on strange things. Uh, and she is creepy, creepy, creepy. She's uh, uh, in New Dawn when they're discussing the possibility of uh, what destroying the moon will do to this planet. She has a line in there. It's almost worth doing just to see what happens. Uh, you know, <laughs> despite despite the fact that this is a populated planet down here, and you know, it's it, she's somebody who uh, obviously you know, Ray you know, respects that she knows something, uh, but also uh, she just really gives her the willies. Uh, and not the wills, but the willies. She she she, she finds her very creepy, uh, and uh, and I, I decided to stick them together in part 
Also, because I knew, um, because of what happens in another story, I knew what happens to Ultimatum, and I wanted to put my character uh, in a lifeboat with uh, you know the the one other character that she wouldn't want to be in the in the in in the lifeboat with, like the character for the story. So so yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it, it is uh, you know it's it's a lot more fun than just saying oh well she was off on holiday when uh, this thing happened. Uh, I I stick them together and force them to work together, and and you know there's a moment. Uh, you, you know, in in the uh, Superstar Destroyer where she shows up, uh, that uh, is my favorite moment of the uh, in the story. Is is that when she sees the Vader's pod and she's like, "Ooh, what's that?" Because that's, that's my that's that, my favorite moment with her. That, that's 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 in there. Yeah, uh, it's uh, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's you know, dragging the dead body into Vader's chamber. It takes a certain amount of, uh, of cheek or obliviousness or whatever the, uh, so, so anyway, yeah, normally bodies, normally dead bodies are dragged out. Uh, right. so, uh, anyway, it, I, I, so she is a fun character to write and I'm, I'm glad she uh, survives. Uh, so one of the things that we, we've sort of talked about with this whole conversation, I think this is a really great place to, to land it, which is that your story tethers so many different elements together from Sloane's appearances in previous books, in comics, uh, one or two unanswered questions about the film itself, like the story propels forward the idea of like exactly when and why does Vader make the decision of, okay, we're going to use bounty hunters instead of my fleet because my fleet's um, not not getting the job done. And is that a conscious part of your approach to storytelling overall in, in universes like Star Wars? Is it relatively unique to this tale? Um, uh, what can you tell me about that? Um, one of the things I've always said is whatever the sandbox is, uh, you know, stories are, are more about more than just connecting the dots. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, a story is more than just the things that it connects, ties together, answers. Uh, you know, if you're going to tell a story set in any given time, it needs to say something about the character uh, and what the character is going through at that time and how the character is changed by it. Uh, but, you know, I always try to look at, you know, what, uh, you know, what is the state of play um, in whatever franchise it is? Um, you know, this story is written with the knowledge of what Sloan did in other stories that she's appeared in. And also with knowledge of what she's going to turn into, of where she goes from here, uh, and so you know, I try to uh, I, I try to you know find places to use that dramatically. I try to finesse uh, whatever she's going through to to make it make it work, uh, and then uh, you know I, I do my homework or or you know get other references where I can uh, to see if there's anything that I've overlooked or whatever. And when I do make a mistake, I say, well, let's make this a springboard. Uh, as, as a baker says, eat your mistakes. Uh, I, had not I had not remembered that in Star Wars Rebels, she gets bumped up. Uh, not Star Wars Rebels, but Star Wars Kanan, the, uh, the last Padawan, the Marvel comic. I had forgotten that she gets bumped up to Vice Admiral uh, before the events of the story. And that was not where I wanted her to be. And I said, well, this just fits perfectly. She's been demoted. She's, she's been bounced down. And that, uh, that flows into her, uh, her whole uh, you know, attitude about things in this. So, uh, again, these things don't have to be obstacles. They can be springboards. 
That's great. Um, well, I want to thank you for coming to chat with me today and and to tell us more about Sloan and the development of the story. Um, it's always great to have Ray Sloan back uh, in the galaxy. And so thanks again for coming to chat. Much appreciated. Great. Um, uh, so thank you everyone for listening. Uh, you can read Darth Vader Will See You Now and all the other stories in From a Certain Point of View, The Empire Strikes Back, which is available right now from all your favorite booksellers in print, ebook, and audio download. Uh, thank you again. May the force be with you.